You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Welcome to Wise Guys, These Guys Know Sports on this Tuesday, September the 5th in the house with your boy Trey Larkins on the Wise Guys Sports Show. Everybody remember going to follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore H, also on Facebook, Wise Guys. And be sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram at These Guys Know Sports. It is my NFL season preview part two we're going to preview the NFC East, the AFC North, and the NFC North. I'm going to give everyone my predictions for all three of those divisions in the NFL. So part two of my NFL season preview. Also later on the show, I'm going to give my 2023 prediction for who I believe is going to win NFL MVP this year. Is it going to be Mahomes? Is it going to be Joe Burrow? Is it going to be... Josh Allen or Jalen Hurts. So I'm going to talk about that a little bit later on in the show as well. And also, Deion Sanders, primetime, got his first win as head coach of the Colorado football team. So I'm going to talk about that a little bit later on in the show as well. The number to dial is 513-203-8655. 513-203-8655. That is the number to dial for the show. I'm going to give my playoff teams in the AFC and in the NFC a little bit later on in the show as well. So, great show ahead. And also, real quick, before we start the show, I got to give a big, big birthday shout-out to my sister, Martina. Happy birthday, big sis. Her, her birthday is today. So, happy birthday to my, to my big sister. Got to give her a shout-out on this afternoon's show. Well, we begin... In the NFC, let's go to the NFC East. It's the Philadelphia Eagles. It's the Dallas Cowboys. It's the Washington Commanders and the New York Giants. The Eagles, obviously, they won the NFC East in 2022 with a 14-3 record. The Cowboys came in second place. They were a playoff team with a 12-5 record. The Giants were 9-7-1. They also made the playoffs. Commanders finished the season 8-8-1. Eight, eight and one. and the, eight, the NFC East got three teams into the playoffs last year. And the odds to win the division, the Eagles are favored. They are a plus 115. Cowboys come in second place, plus 195. Giants, plus 900. And the Commanders are a plus 1,800 to win the NFC East. The NFC East this year, they play the AFC East and the NFC West. So let's start off with the Philadelphia Eagles in the NFC East. Obviously, last year, the Philadelphia Eagles, they were 14-3 and during the regular season. They were the number one seed in the NFC The road to the Super Bowl had to go through Lincoln Financial Field. The Eagles beat the Giants on the divisional round playoff weekend. They followed that up. They beat the 49ers in the NFC Championship game. They lost in the Super Bowl 
to Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs 38-35, but it was a very, very entertaining football game. And Jalen Hurts played well in that game. The Eagles offensively played very, very well. And heading into this season, they are coached by Nick Sirianni. Jalen Hurts is their quarterback. Now, last year, Jalen Hurts had the best season of his career. 22 touchdowns, six interceptions, 3,701 passing yards. He had the best season of his career last year, and he was a legitimate NFL MVP candidate last season. They did lose their coordinator, Shane Stryken, to the Indianapolis Colts. I thought Stryken did a tremendous job putting Hurts in positions to be successful last year, and as an offensive coordinator, he was a great coordinator for this Philadelphia Eagles football team. They lost him because he's coaching the coach now. But you got Jalen Hurts back at the helm. You replaced Mal Sanders with DeAndre Swift in the backfield. At receiver, you still got Devontae Smith. You still got A.J. Brown. At tight end, they still got Dallas Goddard. And I love their offensive line. I think the Philadelphia Eagles have arguably, arguably the best offensive line in the NFL. You got Kelsey at center, right guard Cam Jurgens, right tackle Lane Johnson, left tackle Jordan Maiata. I think the Eagles' offensive line is the best offensive line in the NFL. You can make that argument. And, again, their skill position players are some of the best in the NFL. Offensively, the Eagles have no weaknesses, none whatsoever. Defensively, they got a top-five defense in the NFL. And they had the nerve, the nerve, to add Jalen Carter in this year's NFL draft. So he's the left defensive tackle for the Eagles. The right defensive tackle is Fletcher Cox. Fletcher Cox is one of the best D tackles we have in the NFL. You got Brandon Graham up front with Cox, with Carter. At your linebacker's position, you got Zach Cunningham. Okay, at the other linebacker spot, you got Riddick as well in that secondary. They still got big play, Darius Slay. They got Reed Blankenship. So this Philadelphia Eagles football team, top to bottom, is one of the more complete football teams in the NFL. I put this roster up against any roster in the NFL, and I feel like the Eagles would have the advantage at most of the positions on the field. Majority of the positions, they would have the advantage. So, for me, I'm looking at the Philadelphia Eagles and their schedule for this, this season. Because they played the AFC East and the NFC West, I think it's going to be much tougher for the Eagles in 2023 than it was in 2022. You look at their schedule this year. They are in New York week six against the Jets, and then they are home against the Dolphins in week seven. And they have a game against the Chiefs in week 11. So this is going to be a, a season for the, the, the Eagles where I don't think they're going to be 14-3, and three, but I do believe they're going to be 11-6, and six, maybe even 12-5. and five. But I don't see them being 14-3, and three, so I don't see them having the same success in 2023 that they had in 2022. I don't see it. And also, they did lose both of their coordinators. They lost Shane Strachan to the Colts. They lost Jonathan Gannon, the defensive coordinator, to the Arizona Cardinals. He's a new Arizona Cardinals head coach. So 
I don't know if they're going to have that same chemistry considering their two off their two coordinators are now in Indianapolis and in Arizona. Also, I thought last year the Eagles were able to avoid major injuries. This team was healthy majority of the season last year. And this is the reason why they were the number one seed in the NFC. But also, too, the Eagles, their road to the Super Bowl, honestly, was easy last year. You had Daniel Jones and the New York Giants in the divisional round of the playoffs. Give me a break. I'm going to talk about the Giants here in a bit, but I don't believe in Daniel Jones. And then in the NFC Championship game, the 49ers ran out of quarterbacks. <laughs> they ran out of quarterbacks. At one point in the NFC Championship game, Christian McCaffrey had to take snaps. That's how bad it was for the San Francisco 49ers in the NFC Championship game. I was excited for the NFC Championship game last year because I felt like we had the two best teams in the NFC going up against each other, in the 49ers and in the Eagles. And Brock Purdy injured his elbow, and then the 49ers lost Josh Johnson, their backup quarterback, and it was a mess. In the NFC Championship game, it, it, it was a complete waste. It was, it was a complete waste, and, and, and it was sad because I, th I felt like these were the two best teams, and I was excited to see them face off against each other. Unfortunately, the 49ers had injuries at quarterback. But in the Super Bowl, the Eagles did not sack Patrick Mahomes one time. And this is the best defense, supposedly, in the NFL. And I said it earlier that I think that they have a great roster, top to bottom, and I think their defense is a top five defense. But they didn't show up in the Super Bowl last year. For Patrick Mahomes to hang 31 points on the Eagles on a bum ankle, that's concerning for Eagles fans as we head into the 2023 season. They did not sack Patrick Mahomes one time. I thought that was something that was, was, was a major, major red flag for the Eagles. I thought they were going to be able to apply some pressure on Mahomes in the Super Bowl, and it did not happen. But I do expect the Eagles to finish 11-6, and six, maybe even 12-5. and five. Now, let's go to the Dallas Cowboys. Last year, the Cowboys finished 12-5, and five, and you look at the Dallas Cowboys. They let go of Kellen Moore, and so now Mike McCarthy has full play-calling responsibilities, and Dak Prescott is their quarterback. Now, last year, Dak Prescott had 23 touchdowns, 15 interceptions, and he had as many interceptions last year as Davis Mills of the Houston Texans. They both led the NFL in interceptions thrown. So Dak Prescott struggled to protect the football last year for this Dallas Cowboys offense. And remember last year, Dak missed games. The man missed games, and he struggled to protect the football. 15 interceptions is way too many if you are a franchise quarterback in the National Football League especially on a team that's loaded like the Dallas Cowboys are. You look at the Dallas Cowboys and what they have on their football team, on their roster. At running back, you got Tony Pollard. You got Deuce Vaughn in the backfield. At receiver, you have a number one receiver in C.D. Lamb. Okay, they traded for Brandon Cooks earlier in the offseason. You still got Michael Gallup at receiver. You're going to have Jake Ferguson at tight end. 
their offensive line is a top 10 offensive line in the NFL. You got Tyler Smith at left guard. You got Tyron Smith at left tackle. They signed Zach Martin to a new contract extension a few weeks ago. So he got his money. So offensively, the Dallas Cowboys have a top 10 offense in the NFL. Now defensively, they got one of the best defensive players in the NFL in Micah Parsons. You got Demarcus Lawrence up front. Leighton Vander Esch at linebacker in their secondary. I love their secondary. They traded for Stephon Gilmore earlier in the offseason, and you still got Trayvon Diggs as well. I look at the Dallas Cowboys roster top to bottom. They have one of the best rosters in the NFL. But the biggest question for the Cowboys is going to be, will Dak Prescott step up in the postseason and deliver for the Cowboys and at least, at least get the Cowboys back to an NFC championship game. And that's something that they haven't done in 20 or more years. This Cowboys team has not reached a conference championship in 20 years or more. They haven't been to a conference championship game in the 2000s at all. So I look at the Cowboys. They let go of Jason Garrett a few years ago. They moved off of Kellen Moore. So now it's going to be on Dak Prescott. It's all about Dak Prescott for the Dallas Cowboys. There are no more people or individuals on this coaching staff who you can blame. He got a number one receiver in C.D. Lamb. He got a reliable running back in Tony Pollard. He got one of the best defenses in the NFL. Micah Parsons is one of the best defensive players in the NFL. There's no more excuses for Dak Prescott at all. So that's my, that's my take on the Cowboys. Now let's look at the New York Giants. The New York Giants, they are led by head coach Brian Dayball. I thought last year they overachieved. They finished 9-7-1. They made the playoffs as a wild card team. I got questions about their quarterback. Daniel Jones is the New York Giants quarterback. Last year, he had 15 touchdowns, five interceptions, 3,205 passing yards, completing 67% of his passes. Jones, to me, is not the answer for the New York Giants moving forward. I know he had a decent season last year, and everyone's saying, oh, Daniel Jones played well last year. The man didn't even have 20 touchdown passes. He didn't even have 20 touchdown passes, and you got Giants fans running around here talking about they have a franchise quarterback in Daniel Jones. It's, uh, it's just funny to me. Like, the standard in the bar is so low in New York when it comes to the Giants and their quarterback play. Daniel Jones, 15 touchdowns last year? I wasn't impressed. I was not impressed. But the best player on the New York Giants is Saquon Barkley. And this Giants football team is better when Saquon is on the field than when he's not on the field. And the numbers back it up. The last five seasons, the Giants offense, with Saquon, they average 5.4 yards per play. Without Saquon, they average 5.0. With Saquon, they average 4.7 yards per rush. Without Saquon, they average 4.2 yards per rush. And Saquon, he has 
average he has 28% of the team's scrimmage yards. That's only behind Nick Chubb, Christian McCaffrey, Josh Jacobs, and Derrick Henry. So he has 28% of their scrimmage yards on their offense. I'm not impressed with the Giants skill position players. You got Paris Campbell, you got Darius Slayton, Isaiah Hodges. I don't think they have great skill position players, but the one thing I give Brian Dayball and the Giants credit for, they know who they are. The Giants, they know exactly who they are. They're not the Chiefs or the Bengals or the Chargers. They're not trying to fling the football all around the yard. They are trying to run the football with Saquon Barkley and have him produce in their offense. And they don't have Daniel Jones drop back the pass 35 or 40 times per game. They want to hand the football off to Saquon and let Saquon Barkley be effective in their offense. And I love it. I love Brian Dayball's approach to his football team and knowing the type of football team that he has at his disposal. Now, defensively, the biggest question is going to be what they're going to get out of Kayvon Thibodeau. Remember, he was a top draft pick a few years ago. I, got, I had high expectations for Thibodeau. I want to see if he can stay healthy throughout the season. But um, that's the Giants. That's the Giants and my take on them. Let's go to the Washington Commanders. They are going to be starting Sam Howe as their quarterback. They did bring in Eric Bieniemy as their offensive coordinator. Ron Rivera is on the hot seat, unfortunately. And I love Riverboat Ron, but he's on the hot seat. We have to see if Ron Rivera can possibly sneak this commander's football team into the playoffs this year. But I don't have high expectations or high, high expectations for the commanders this year. I really don't. I like some of their skill position players. Curtis Samuel. They still got Terry McLaurin as well. But I, I'm not really a big believer in, in, in their overall structure of their football team. I got to see more from Sam Howe. I haven't seen enough to give an opinion on whether or not Sam Howe can be a franchise quarterback in the NFL. But I do like them bringing in Eric Bieniemy. And then you remember earlier in the offseason, players on the commanders had the nerve, the nerve to be complaining about Eric Bieniemy and how he is too hard on them in practice. And they were whining about how his approach. I'm like, shut the hell up. This Washington Commanders football team finished 8-8-1 eight, eight and one last year. They were not a playoff team. And you're complaining about Eric Bieniemy's coaching style? What the hell are we talking about here? This ain't peewee football. This ain't high school football. This is the NFL, the best of the best. Eric Bieniemy, he knows a little something about winning considering how much he won in Kansas City. You want Eric Bieniemy to be coaching these players hard and high, having high expectations for his players on his commander's offense. That's what you need in Washington. They need Eric Bieniemy to coach them hard. So I don't have high expectations for the commanders. I do think Ron Rivera is on the hot seat, and I like Ron Rivera a lot, but he hasn't gotten the job done since he's been in Washington, and they have new ownership now in Washington as well. So I'm not so sure that Ron Rivera is their guy moving forward. But in the NFC East, I'm going to go 4-1. to one. 
I have the Washington Commanders finishing fourth, the New York Giants finishing third, Cowboys finishing second, and the Eagles finishing first. Same exact way it went last year in the final standings in the 2022 season. Eagles, Cowboys, Giants, Commanders, and the NFC East. And those are my predictions for the 2023 season for the NFC East. Everybody go and follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. And be sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram at These Guys No Sports. I'll be right back. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. And welcome back to Wise Guys. These Guys No Sports here live on the Worldwide Sports Network. Everybody remember go and follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. And be sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram at These Guys No Sports. Call to the show, 513-203-8655. 513-203-8655. That is the number to dial. Any particular topic you want to discuss, we can talk about it on the show. we previewing the NFC North and the AFC North here in a bit. Later on the show, I'm going to give my NFL MVP predictions for the 2023 NFL season so be ready for that as well and remember thursday night i got a notification on my phone that's why i was kind of pausing for a second chiefs head coach andy reed says that travis kelsey's status is uncertain for thursday night's opener against the lions so that's some interesting news out of kansas city so that's something that we gotta definitely be on be keep an eye out for when it comes to the chiefs whether or not they're going to have their all pro tight end Travis Kelsey. But let's go to the NFC North. Let's talk about the NFC North and my expectations for the NFC North. Obviously, in 2022, the Minnesota Vikings, they won the NFC North with a 13 and 4 record. The Lions finished the season in second place. They were 9 and 8. Packers 8 and 9. The Bears were 3 and 14. And heading into this year, the Lions are favored to win the NFC North with with a plus 145 bet. The Vikings come in in second place at plus 290. The Packers are a plus 400. Bears are a plus 450. Let's start off with the Minnesota Vikings. Last year, they finished 13-4. and They are coached by Kevin O'Connell. And Kirk Cousins is their quarterback. Last year... Kirk Cousins had 29 touchdowns, 14 interceptions, 4,547 passing yards. Kirk Cousins had, I would say, a good season last year, but he's not their best player on their offense. The best player on their offense would happen to be Justin Jefferson. He had a tremendous, tremendous season last year. 128 receptions, 1,809 receiving yards for eight touchdowns I believe Justin Jefferson is a top three receiver in the NFL and he is what helps this Minnesota Vikings offense go he is by far their best player offensively and he was making a lot of plays last year in this Vikings offense I mean there were times where Kirk Cousins did not have nowhere to go with the football and Justin Jefferson made something happen I remember that game against the Buffalo Bills last year. Kirk Cousins was being pressured. Just throws the ball up. Throws the ball up, and Justin Jefferson comes down 
with the football. Now, I got to be honest. Heading into the 2022 season, I said Jamar Chase was better than Justin Jefferson. Now, I think they're more on the same level. They're on the same level. Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase, both players who played with Joe Burrow at LSU, I think they're on the same level. After that season that Jefferson had last year, you got to have him in that conversation with Jamar Chase, with Tyreek Hill, with Devontae Adams as a top five receiver in the NFL. He was balling last year in a big way for the Minnesota Vikings. Now, one of my biggest questions for the Vikings this year is going to be how do they replace Dalvin Cook and Adam Thielen? They lost both Dalvin Cook and Adam Thielen. They let them both go and let them both walk. At running back, they're going to bring in Alexander Madison, and they did draft Jordan Addison out of USC. He's going to be their number two receiver in this offense. But that the production that Dalvin Cook and Adam Thielen has given the Vikings over the last few years, it's going to be missed. It's going to be missed. At tight end, you got TJ Hawkinson. I like Hawkinson. I just drafted him last night on my fantasy team, so I got high expectations for Hawkinson. And I expect his role to be much bigger now because Adam Thielen is in Carolina. So he's going to get more targets in 2023 that he didn't get in 2022. But I don't like their defense. Like the Vikings defense was horrible last year. They made Daniel Jones actually look like an elite quarterback in that wild card playoff game in Minnesota last year. That Vikings defense was awful last year. So I don't know if that defense is going to be improved or better. I, that, that, that's my biggest question on their football team as we head into the season this year. Like, will that defense be better? Now, I think they did bring in Brian Flores to help that the defensive side of the ball. So he should help, but they have nowhere to go but up. Nowhere to go but up. Now, you look at the Green Bay Packers. Obviously, the Packers are transitioning from Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love. And Jordan Love, I got to be honest, I expect Jordan Love to play well because I've, I've heard a lot of positive remarks about Jordan Love so far in the preseason and also in training camp. We've been hearing about Jordan Love and how he's had command of the offense and how people feel like Jordan Love can be a good quarterback in the NFL. And I, but I've said, I'm going to say it again. We don't need Jordan Love to beat Brett Favre. We don't need Jordan Love to beat Aaron Rodgers. We need Jordan Love to beat Jordan Love. Jordan Love doesn't have to be great. I think at Utah, when he started, he had like 60 touchdowns, 29 interceptions, 8,600 passing yards, I believe. So he's shown flashes that he can produce at a high level in the NFL. At college, I'm, I'm saying, in college he played well at times at Utah. Now, I remember he had the one start a few years ago when Aaron Rodgers had COVID. He didn't play well against the Chiefs. He got beat by Mahomes. He didn't play well in that game. But remember last year, Aaron Rodgers gets injured against the Eagles. Jordan Love comes into the game, goes 6 of 9 passing, 113 passing yards, one touchdown, threw a dart to Christian Watson for a touchdown pass. And you look at the 
Packers and their mentality as we head into the 2023 season. I love it. This was defensive tackle Kenny Clark. This was in July. Kenny Clark says, this is on it. The Packers are being disrespected. Kenny Clark says, quote, 100%. But that's cool. I like it that way. Everybody says Aaron determines whether we are going to win or lose. So we love it. We're going to embrace it. That was Kenny Clark on the doubters doubting the Packers as we head into the 2023 season. And I agree with Kenny Clark 100%. I love this approach. The Packers feel disrespected. But I look at the Packers' first six games of the season. I don't feel like the Packers and Jordan Love could have asked for a better opening six games of the season considering he's going to be replacing two Hall of Fame quarterbacks. This is the Packers' first six games. At Chicago, at Atlanta. Week three, they're home against the Saints. Week four, they are home on a Thursday night against the Lions. They got to go to Las Vegas and play Jimmy G and the Raiders on a Monday night matchup in week five. And then week six, they are in Denver. I believe the Packers could start off the season five and one at worst, maybe even four and two. I think they start off the season for sure two and oh. I think they're better than the Bears and the Falcons. The Saints game will be tough. They got Derek Carr and they got that defense. And the Lions game will be tough on that short week, but it's at Lambeau. But I could see the Packers starting off the season four and two at worst. And I believe that if Jordan Love can start off the season four and two, maybe even five and one, that will be something he can build upon as the season progresses because he'll be able to have some confidence as we head into the second half of the season. So I love that, that schedule for the Packers. Now, look, look at this. Let's compare the Packers' first six games to the Jets' first six games. Jets are going up against the Bills, Cowboys, Patriots, Chiefs, Broncos, Eagles. So it's a possibility, a huge possibility. Jordan Love could start off the season 4-2, and two, and Aaron Rodgers could start the season two and four it's possible ladies and gentlemen it really really is and if that happens i guarantee you the conversations will be different as we head into the second half of the season because i believe that general manager brian gutikus and head coach matt lafleur they have to get this draft pick right you, you pushed aaron Rodgers out of town so you have to get it right and make sure this draft pick is a home run if you are Brian Gutekus and Matt LaFleur. Now, Matt LaFleur, I feel like Matt LaFleur is a good coach in the NFL. I'm not ready to say that Matt LaFleur is a great coach. Since he's been the head coach in Green Bay, Matt LaFleur, in the regular season, 47-19, and 19, so he's won 71% of his games. In the postseason, he's 2-3, and three, so he's won 40% of his games in the postseason. But he was able to get to the playoffs and three out of his four seasons so far being the head coach because he had Aaron Rodgers. Now it's time to coach Matt LaFleur. I want to know if Matt LaFleur can actually coach because he doesn't have the luxury to be able to depend on a Hall of Fame quarterback like Aaron Rodgers anymore. There were times last year where Matt LaFleur 
would have certain play calls in, and Aaron Rodgers would audible at the line of scrimmage. I don't expect that to be the case this season. So whatever play Matt LaFleur calls, that's the play that Jordan Love is going to run. So we're going to get a chance to find out if Matt LaFleur can actually coach. But I look at this Packers football team, and I look at them top to bottom, I love their team overall. Offensively, they got Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. I think that's the best running back duo in the NFL. At receiver, they are young, but they got Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Toure, Jalen Reed out of Michigan State. I love their receiving core. They have the, the youngest receiving core in the NFL. At tight end, they got Luke Musgrave and Tucker Craft. They both drafted those two tight ends this, in this year's draft. So they're going to be security blankets for Jordan Love in this offense. The Packers got one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. You got Josh Myers, Elton Jenkins, David Bacciari. When he does play, he's effective. One of the best tackles in the NFL. Zach Tom, John Runyon. I love that Packers offensive line. And defensively, the Packers should be better in 2023. Because in 2022, they underperformed. Let's just call it what it is. The Packers defense underperformed last year. But from a personnel standpoint, they got great personnel. You got Kenny Clark up front. You got T.J. Slayton, Devontae Wyatt. Okay, they did draft Lucas Van Ness from Iowa. You still got Preston Smith at linebacker. You got Devondre Campbell, Quay Walker in that secondary. You still got all-pro cornerback Jair Alexander. You got Rasul Douglas as well. Eric Stokes is going to be back at some point this season. And then I love them keeping Corrington Valentine. Valentine had a tremendous, tremendous camp. He was performing at a high level in camp. So I look at this Packers team, and I feel like Jordan Love is going to be put in a position to be successful. He has the right pieces around him to be effective. So, uh, yes, as a Packers fan, I am spoiled. I'm spoiled because Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers have spoiled me. So I have high expectations at the quarterback position. But again, Jordan, we don't need you to be Brett Favre. We don't need you to be Aaron Rodgers. We need you to be Jordan Love. And we don't need Jordan Love to necessarily win us games but be damn sure can't afford for Jordan Love to lose us games. Let's look at the Detroit Lions. The Lions finished the season 9-8 last year. Obviously, they are led by head coach Dan Campbell, and their quarterback is Jared Goff. Jared Goff had quietly a good season in 2022. 29 touchdowns, 7 interceptions, 4,438 passing yards. Jared Goff was impressive last year. He really, really was. And the Lions got hot towards the end of the season. They really, really got hot. And I thought they did a great job last year, even on defense. Defense, that, and, 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 I, and I feel like that's going to be 
the Achilles heel of their football team. But I think they can be better this year on defense. I really, really do. You look at their team defensively, what they have on their team. Up front, you got Hutchinson. Remember, he's the draft pick from Michigan a few years ago. At linebacker, you got Jake Campbell. In that secondary, you got C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Okay, I expect the Lions to be better defensively. But the strength of their team is still their offense. And they have Jameer Gibbs at running back. They did bring in David Montgomery. He, he's the former running back from the Chicago Bears. He's a Cincinnati native. Shout out to my, my, my guy, David Montgomery. At receiver, you got Marvin Jones. You got St. Brown. You still got Josh Reynolds. So the Lions' strength of their football team is their offense. And can Jared Goff duplicate the success from 2022 in 2023? He played well last year. He really, really did. And remember that, that season finale in Green Bay? where the Lions had an opportunity to, well, they needed help. The Lions needed help. If the Packers would have won in that week, in that week 17 matchup in Green Bay, they would have made the playoffs, or week 18, week 18. They would have made the playoffs had the Packers won that game, and they lost that game. And the Lions played well in that game. You look at the Lions and what they were able to do, weeks 1 through 8, they were 1 and 6. Weeks 9 through 18, 8 and 2. What a turnaround for the Detroit Lions. Now let's go to the Chicago Bears. The Chicago Bears are led by Justin Fields. Last year, Justin Fields, he had a pretty decent season. He wasn't great, but he had a decent season. 17 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, not impressed. But they did bring in some weapons for Justin Fields. DJ Moore is on their team now. They did bring in Robert Tunyon. He's the former Green Bay Packers tight end. So they brought in some weapons for Justin Fields. And in his last 25 starts, Justin Fields is 5-20. and 20. So this is the year for Justin Fields to elevate his game and play better. He has to play better this season. I, I mean, the, 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 the Bears organization, they put some weapons around Justin Fields. So... They expect Justin Fields to play better, you know, and I and I and I they still got Chase Claypool as well, and I like Chase Claypool, I really really do. He they traded for him last year from Pittsburgh. So at receiver you got DJ Moore and Chase Claypool as your receivers. At tight end you got Robert Tunyon, Cole Komet as well. Let's see what Justin Fields can do. We need to see Justin Fields be more effective as a pocket passer this season. We know how dynamic Justin Fields is in the open field and how he can make plays with his legs. We need to see him make plays with his arm this year. Because as great as he is at being able to run with the football, you need Justin Fields to be able to throw the football down the field effectively in the pocket. And so they got they added some weapons to be able to help him to be able to do that. So we got to see what he, what he looks like. But I still don't have, have high expectations for the Bears. We'll see what happens, but I don't expect them to be a playoff team in the NFC. In the NFC North this year, I'm rolling with the Green Bay Packers to win the NFC North in the 2023 season. I got Packers at one, Lions at two. I do have the Lions as a playoff team 
in the NFC. Vikings at three and the Chicago Bears at four. Yes, I'm rolling with my beloved Green Bay Packers to win the NFC North again. And this time, it won't be under Brett Favre or Aaron Rodgers. It's going to be under Jordan Love. Yes, I think the Packers have the best roster top to bottom in the NFC North. I expect Jordan Love to perform well throughout the season. He ain't got to be great. We got a good enough team for him to perform good, and we still be able to win games again. Jordan Love, you don't have to win us football games, but you cannot lose us football games this year. So those are my NFC North predictions. Packers at one. Lions, two, Vikings, three, Bears coming in fourth for another season in the NFC North. But I do have the Lions as a playoff team in the NFC. Vikings will miss the playoffs this year. They're going to be one of my teams that I feel like kind of struggles, you know, during a regular season. And I think them losing Dalvin Cook and Adam Thielen, those are tough, tough individuals to overcome in their production. That's tough production to be able to overcome losing those two those two players but yes Packers winning the NFC North this year everybody go and follow wise guys on Twitter at wise guys underscore H also on Facebook wise guys and be sure to follow wise guys on Instagram at these guys no sports I'll be right back you're, you're, you're listening to the worldwide sports radio network and welcome back to wise guys these guys know sports here live on the worldwide sports network Everybody remember, go and follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. Be sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram at These Guys No Sports. Let's transition. Let's go to the AFC North. Let's talk about the AFC North, one of the more competitive divisions in the NFL. In 2022, the Bengals won the AFC North with a record of 12 and 4. Ravens were 10 and 7. They did make the playoffs. Steelers finished with a 9-8 and eight record. Even when the Steelers are struggling, somehow, someway, they always finish with a winning record under Mike Tomlin. Browns finished 7-10. and 10. And these are the Vegas odds for the division. Bengals are favored to win the division, plus 160. Ravens are plus 240. Browns are plus 400. And the Steelers come in fourth, fourth place with at a plus 500. So, when I look at the AFC North, obviously, the Cincinnati Bengals over the last few years have been the team to beat. Joe Burrow had a great season last year. 35 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, 4,475 passing yards. Think about this when it comes to Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow got injured in his rookie season, and... The next year, he gets his team to the Super Bowl. And the year after that, he gets his team to the AFC Championship game. Remember in college, Joe Burrow at LSU won a national championship game. And I think he had like 60 touchdowns, six interceptions at LSU. He was balling. Joe Burrow has been a winner since he's picked up a football at a young age. And he's carried that into the NFL, and he now has the Bengals, a contender, every single year in the AFC now. The Bengals, they can be marked with a pin 
down as a team that's going to compete in the AFC North and in the AFC overall because they have Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is the real deal. He's a top three quarterback in the NFL. And depending on the afternoon who he was going up, going up against, he could be the best quarterback in the NFL. He could be the best quarterback in the NFL. You look at the Bengals offense. They still got Joe Mixon, who took a pay cut earlier in the offseason. They did lose P. Ryan to the Broncos, but they still got Mixon back there in the backfield. He's going to get majority of the carries. At receiver, you've still got Jamar Chase, a top five receiver in the NFL. You've still got T. Higgins, who I believe is one of the best number two receivers in the NFL. And you got Tyler Boyd. That receiving core and that trio with Chase, Higgins, and Boyd arguably is the best trio of receivers in the NFL. And they at tight end, they got Irv Smith. And at offensive line, we have to see if that Bengals offensive line can stay healthy. You got Ted Karras up front. You got Alex Kappa at right guard. You got Jonah Williams as well as your tackle at left tackle. You got Orlando Brown, who they traded for earlier in the offseason. He's a former Kansas City Chief. And at left guard, you got Cordell Volson. So if this Bengals offensive line can stay healthy, the Bengals will – have a top five offense in the NFL. No doubt about it. Joe Burrow, he's my fantasy quarterback. So, yes, this year, Bingo fans, when Joe Burrow throws a touchdown pass, I'll be right there celebrating with Bingo fans this year. Joey B is my, fr is my fantasy quarterback, so I need Joe Burrow to perform at a high level this year. I expect him to be able to do that. Now, you look at the Bingo's defense. They did lose Jesse Bates. But up front, you still got Sam Hubbard. You still got Trey Hitcherson, two of the better pass rushers that we have in the NFL. You still got DJ Reader as your left tackle. At linebacker, you got one of the more underrated linebackers in the NFL in Logan Wilson. You did bring back Jermaine Pratt. And in the secondary, they're going to be starting Dax Hill. He's going to be replacing Jesse Bates. But the secondary is is decent. They're decent. They they finally, finally moved on from Eli Apple because Eli Apple was straight garbage. Y'all know he was garbage, Bingo fans. He was trash. Finally, they moved on from Eli Apple. In that secondary, they're going to be starting Cam Taylor-Britt. I thought he had a tremendous, tremendous performance in the playoff game last year against the Buffalo Bills, caught an interception, and you still got Awuzie, as your other cornerback, he's going to be returning back from injury. I don't believe the Bengals defense is great, but I think they're good. I think the Bengals defense is good. They don't have a player on their defense who is a great player, but they got a lot of good players. They don't have a great, you know, how like the Cowboys. The Cowboys got Micah Parsons. The 49ers have Nick Bosa. The Bengals don't have a, a great player, but they got a lot of good players on their defense. So, this, the, Bengals, the Bengals will definitely be in the mix in the AFC, and they'll definitely be competing for a playoff spot. Now let's go to the Baltimore Ravens. Obviously, you look at the Baltimore Ravens. They are led by Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, last year in 12 games played, 17 touchdowns, 2,242 passing yards. He completed 62% of his passes, finally got paid. 
by the Baltimore Ravens, something that he deserved years ago. But for whatever reason, the Ravens, they didn't want to give Lamar his money. But Lamar Jackson's value has been proven throughout the years, and it was proven last year. Look at the Ravens with and without Lamar Jackson last year. With Lamar Jackson, they were 8-4. and four. Without Lamar Jackson, they were 2-3. and three. They averaged 24 points per game with Lamar Jackson. They only averaged 13 points per game without Lamar Jackson. With Lamar Jackson, the passer rating for the Ravens was 89. Without Lamar Jackson, it was 64.5. So his value is in the numbers. Look, at, look up the numbers in the Ravens over the last few years when they have not had Lamar Jackson. Now, the one thing for, for Lamar is going to be, can Lamar Jackson stay healthy throughout the course of a 17-game season? In his first three seasons in the NFL, Lamar Jackson only missed two games. In his last two seasons, he's missed 10 games. So can Lamar Jackson stay healthy throughout the season? That's going to be the big question for the Ravens offensively. Now, I love some of their additions on their football team this year, and they gave Lamar Jackson more weapons. They gave him more weapons. He got Odell Beckham. He got Zay Flowers. Still got Mark Andrews at tight end. So I felt like Lamar Jackson was an elite quarterback with subpar, and I'm being nice, subpar skill position players prior to this season. So if he was an MVP with subpar weapons, imagine what he's going to do with elite weapons. Something to keep an eye on and something to, to, to keep in mind as we head into to the 2023 season. In the backfield, you still got J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards. I like their offensive line. I don't love it, but I like it. At center, you got Tyler Lindenbrom, left tackle Ronnie, Ronnie Staley. Okay. Now, the one concern that I have with the Ravens is the Ravens' identity has changed. Remember in the, when they were competing for Super Bowls? Remember at one point they had Ray Lewis, they had Terrell Suggs, Ed Reed. And even in the last few years, they had Zadarius Smith on that defense, Marcus Peters on that defense. But this year, I, I got questions about the Ravens defense, y'all. I really, really do. They did let go of Marcus Peters, so he's not in that secondary anymore. They got Marcus Williams. They still got Marlon Humphrey. At linebacker, you got Patrick Queen, Raquan Smith. But I, I, the Ravens' identity has changed. This used to be a football team that was defense first, offense second. Now it's clearly offense first, defense second. So I got my questions about that Ravens' defense. And so I think Lamar Jackson is going to have to put up more points in 2023 and that's something that he didn't have to do in years prior because they had a pretty decent defense. But that defense is, is not elite anymore. That's not They're not elite anymore. Now let's go to the Cleveland Browns. Obviously, the Cleveland Browns are going to be led by Deshaun Watson. Last year, in a few games played, Deshaun Watson had seven touchdowns, five interceptions, 1,102 passing yards. But... People forget about how great Deshaun Watson was when he was the quarterback 
of the Houston Texans. Look at Deshaun Watson in 2020. 2020, Deshaun Watson, he had 4,823 passing yards. That was ranked first in the NFL. He completed 70% of his passes. That was ranked third in the NFL. His touchdown to interception ratio was 33 to 7. That was tied for third in the NFL. So the biggest question for the Cleveland Browns as we head into the season this year, can Deshaun Watson get back to his 2020 form? And I believe it is going to happen. Because I feel like so far during the preseason and even earlier in the offseason, we've heard about the established quarterbacks like Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, and Patrick Mahomes. We've even heard about the quarterbacks who are on the come up like Trevor Lawrence, like Jalen Hurts. We've even talked about the veteran quarterbacks like Russell Wilson, Matthew Stafford, but we have not talked enough about Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson, ladies and gentlemen, is a top five quarterback in the NFL when he's at his best. There was a point in time, there was a point in time when I said, when he was in Houston, that if you gave him the supporting cast that Mahomes had in Kansas City, if you gave him that in Houston, he would have similar success like Mahomes. I said this. This is what I said. Before there was Josh Allen, before there was Joe Burrow, before there was Justin Herbert and Jalen Hurts and Trevor Lawrence, it was Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. Let's not forget about how great Deshaun Watson is. And I think Deshaun Watson is going to prove that he's still a top 10 quarterback in the NFL maybe even top five. But you look at the weapons that he has on the offensive side of the ball. You still got Nick Chubb as your running back. I think Nick Chubb is one of the best running backs that we have in the NFL. At receiver, you got Amari Cooper. You got Elijah Moore. At tight end, you got David Njuku. Okay, so he has, I would say, decent weapons to distribute the football to. I think they're going to run the football a lot this year with Nick Chubb. And if you could run the football with Nick Chubb and have opposing defenses bring eight, nine in the box, you get one-on-one coverage on the outside with Elijah Moore and Amari Cooper. And I believe they can deliver in those type of situations. So that's going to, that's, if they can run the football with Nick Chubb, that's going, that's going to be a key for the Cleveland Browns offensively. I like their offensive line. They still got, they still got to improve. But at left tackle, you got Jadrick Wilson. Center, you got Ethan Payak, Wyatt Teller. They've got a decent offensive line with the Cleveland Browns. But even as great as Deshaun Watson is, the best player on the Cleveland Browns is Miles Garrett. He's better than Deshaun Watson. He's better than Nick Chubb. Miles Garrett is a top five defensive player in the NFL. So up front, you got Miles Garrett. You got Dalvin Tomlinson. You, they did bring in Zadarius Smith. That was a nice pickup for this Cleveland Browns football team. In that secondary, you still got Denzel Ward. You still got Greg Newsom, the second. So I think the Browns are a sleeper in the AFC. I think they are one of those teams that can surprise other teams 
this season. Be on the lookout for the Browns. I'm like, don't sleep on the Cleveland Browns. Now let's talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers. They finished with a nine and eight record last year. They got Mike Tomlin as their head coach. Mike Tomlin is one of the best head coaches in the NFL. And for whatever reason, whenever the Pittsburgh Steelers play football and they play throughout the season, they always finish the season with a winning record. Death taxes and the Steelers having a winning record at the end of the season is something that you can rely on. You can rely on that because Mike Tomlin always has the Steelers with a winning record. They might not make the playoffs, but they always have a winning record by season's end. They're led by Kenny Pickett. Last year, Kenny Pickett in his rookie season, seven touchdowns, nine interceptions. He wasn't great. But I expect Kenny Pickett to be better this year. In the backfield, you got Najee Harris. At receiver, you got George Pickens. This is someone who many people believe is going to have a breakout season at receiver. I like their skill position players in Pittsburgh. If, that, if, there's, if there's one thing that the Steelers do well, it's being able to draft great quality receivers. Even back to Heinz Ward, Antonio Brown, and now at receiver, you got George Pickens, you still got Deontay Johnson, you got Miles Boykin as well. I like their skill position players in Pittsburgh. At tight end, you still got Pat Firemuth, and I think he's an underrated tight end. So Kenny Pickett has some weapons to distribute the football to. I think they're going to have to run the football more with Najee Harris, but that offensive line, they have to be better this year. That was one of the issues that we had with the Steelers over the last few years. For whatever reason, the Steelers got away from their identity. They wanted to throw the football all around the yard. What made the Steelers great and what helped them win six Super Bowls was their ability to run the football and punch opposing teams in the mouth. That's what made the Steelers great. So I think Mike Tomlin and the Steelers' offense needs to get back to their identity, and they need to run the football with Najee Harris. I think Najee Harris has a chance to be a top five or maybe even top ten for sure running back in the NFL this year. I got high expectations for Najee Harris. But, as, but like I said, I, th I just think that they have to get back to their identity. Now, defensively, they obviously have T.J. Watt. T.J. Watt is a top three defensive player in the National Football League. T.J. Watt is dominant when he plays. But when he doesn't play, that's usually when the Steelers lose. But defensively, you got T.J. Watt. In that secondary, you still got Mika Fitzpatrick, Joey Porter Jr., as well, you got Levi Wallace at cornerback. But if T.J. Watt plays, I, ha I don't have any questions about the Steelers' defense. Anytime T.J. Watt's on the field, I always feel like the Steelers are going to be able to get stops when they need to. And that's another thing, too, that I feel like they need to, to, to get back to being a great defensive football team. The last few years, they've been more of a, of a finesse football team not a physical football team. And in order for them to be contenders in the AFC, they need to be a physical football team, not finesse. Leave that for the Bengals, who has weapons, and the Chiefs, who have Patrick Mahomes, and the Chargers, who have Justin Herbert. Let them be a finesse football team 
in order for the Pittsburgh Steelers to be contenders in the AFC North and in the, in the, in the AFC, they need to be more physical at the point of attack. That's how I'm looking at the AFC North. It's going to be interesting this year. But even though the Steelers have Mike Tomlin, I don't have high expectations for the Steelers. I don't have them as a playoff team. It's unfortunate because I believe that when it comes to divisions, I think the Steelers are going to be like the best fourth-place team in the NFL. The Steelers are better than the Bears. They're better than the Commanders. It's unfortunate. They just play in the AFC in the AFC North. It's unfortunate. It really, really is. Like they're they <laughs> they better than some of these other teams that are going to be in last place, but they're not going to make the playoffs. And I believe that the Browns are going to finish third in the AFC North. But I might have them as a playoff team. I'm gonna talk about my playoff teams here in a bit. But I got the Browns as the third team in the AFC North. And in second place, I got the Cincinnati Bengals finishing second. And I have the Baltimore Ravens winning the AFC North this season. So there you have it. Ravens, Bengals, Browns, Steelers. That's how the AFC North will be this season. And those are my predictions for the 2023 AFC North division. But I do have, even though I got the Bengals in second place in the AFC North, I do have the Bengals as a playoff team in the AFC, Bengal fans. So don't don't rip me to shreds. I have the Bengals as a playoff team in the AFC. So pump the brakes. Relax. Those are my predictions. Everybody go and follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. And be sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram at these guys no sports. So, real quick, I want to run up over my division winners this, this year so far because I did all my di division picks and who I have winning. AFC North, Ravens. AFC South, Jaguars. AFC West, Chiefs. In the AFC East, I have the Dolphins. Those are my division winners. Dolphins, Chiefs, Ravens. And the Jaguars. Those are my, my, my picks for the division winners in the AFC. Now, my wild card teams. This was tough. This, this was one of the hardest years to predict for me. Hard, one of the hardest years. My wild card teams in the AFC. I have the Jets. Bengals. And I'm torn between the Browns and the Chargers. I must be honest. I'm torn. But I'm going to roll with the Browns to make the playoffs in the AFC. Yes, I'm rolling with the Browns to make the playoffs in the AFC. So, yes, I have three, three teams from the AFC North making the postseason. So those are my 2023 playoff teams for the AFC. Chiefs, Jaguars, Dolphins, Jaguars, Dolphins, Ravens. And my playoff teams are the Browns, Bengals, and the Jets. Those are my playoff teams in the AFC. Now in the NFC, 49ers, Eagles, Packers, and Saints. Those are my four division winners in the NFC. Saints, Packers, 49ers, Eagles. And my playoff teams in the NFC, 
I have the Cowboys or well, wild card teams. Wild card teams. I'm sorry. I have the Cowboys, the Lions. Yes, I have the Detroit Lions making the playoffs and the Seahawks. NFC, Packers, 49ers, Eagles, Saints, wild card teams, Lions, Seahawks, and Cowboys. Those are my playoff teams for the 2023 season in the NFC. I'll be right back. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. And welcome back to Wise Guys. These guys know sports here live on the Worldwide Sports Network. Everybody remember, go and follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. Let me show you to follow Wise Guys on Instagram at BeesGuysKnowSports. Call to the show, 513-203-8655, 513-203-8655. That is the number to dial. Any particular topic that you want to discuss, we can talk about it on the show this afternoon. The Wise Guys question of the day, who are your teams to make the playoffs this year? Who do you got? Your division winners, AFC, NFC. Give them to me. Let me know. Let me know who are your division winners this season. But let's transition to the NFL MVP for the 2023 season, and let's talk about who I expect to take home the award. You see the odds in front of your screen. Jalen Hurts comes in at plus 1,100. Josh Allen is in third place at plus 850. Joey B is a plus 750, and Patrick Mahomes is plus 600. So I'm going to give my... MVP, one to three. So I'm going to give you my top three MVP candidates this year and who I expect to win the award. So I'm going to start off with three. My third player who I believe will finish in MVP voting is going to be Dak Prescott. Yes, I got Dak Prescott finishing third in MVP voting this year. Last year, Dak Prescott had 23 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. He led the league in interceptions thrown along with David Mills. I expect Dak to be better in 2023 because he didn't have a good 2022 season. He also has been put on alert now that Trey Lance is in Dallas. The clock is ticking on Dak Prescott. So I expect Dak to respond in the regular season and have a good regular season For the Cowboys, he got CeeDee Lamb. He got Brandon Cooks. He has Michael Gallup. So he has some weapons to throw the football to in that Cowboys offense. And if if it's one thing that we know about Dak Prescott, he's going to put up stats. He's going to put up numbers. Dak Prescott always puts up numbers. The biggest question for him is going to be, can he put up wins when it matters the most for the Cowboys? But this is a regular season award. So I expect Dak Prescott to be top three in NFL MVP voting. He ain't number two, though. That's going to go to none other than Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes comes in at number two for me in my NFL MVP. He's going to be number two on the MVP voting list for me because defensively, the Chiefs won't have Chris Jones possibly to start the season. 
So they're going to need Patrick Mahomes to win some shootouts for the Chiefs to be successful to start the season. And he has Travis Kelsey, but he doesn't really have a true number one receiver. But we know that the Chiefs' calling card is them throwing the football. Despite them having a subpar slash average defense, we don't expect the Kansas City Chiefs to run the football. They're going to throw the football all over the yard with Patrick Mahomes. So I expect Mahomes to put up big numbers this year. Statistically, I think this could be arguably his best statistical season so far in his career because they're not going to have Chris Jones. So they know that the recipe for them to be able to win games is going to be to put the football in Patrick Mahomes' hands and have him deliver the goods. He's done it before. He's going to do it again. Patrick Mahomes comes in at number two on my NFL MVP ballot. He ain't number one, though, and that's because the player who I expect to win NFL MVP, he's not even on the list. He's not even on the list on the odds on the screen. The player who I expect to win the 2023 NFL MVP is none other than Lamar Jackson. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I have Lamar Jackson winning the 2023 NFL MVP award. The Baltimore Ravens finally got Lamar Jackson some reliable elite, yes, elite, skill position players in Odell Beckham, in Zay Flowers. He still has Mark Andrews. You got J.K. Dobbins in the backfield. I expect Lamar Jackson to have an MVP season, and this time his MVP season is going to be because he's throwing the football, not running with the football. When he won his previous MVP, it was mainly because he was running the football effectively and was a dynamic playmaker with the football in his hands. This season, I expect Lamar Jackson to be a dynamic quarterback as a pocket passer. So, yes, Lamar Jackson is my 2023 NFL MVP. Those are my 2023 NFL MVP predictions. At third, I got Dak Prescott. At second, I got Patrick Mahomes. At one, I got Lamar Jackson taking home his second NFL MVP of his career. Everybody go and follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore. Wait, it's also on Facebook, Wise Guys. And be sure to follow Wise Guys at Instagram at These Guys No Sports. Coming out the break, I'm going to get into my NFL Week One Wise Picks. I'll be right back. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.
And welcome back to Wise Guys. These guys know sports. Here live on the Worldwide Sports Network. Everybody remember going follow Wise Guys on Twitter at Wise Guys underscore which also on Facebook Wise Guys. Be sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram at These Guys Know Sports. Call to the show 513-203-8655. 513-203-8655. That is the number to dial. Any particular topic you want to discuss, we can talk about it on the show today. So Fans of Wise Guys Sports and listeners, this is the part of the show every week throughout the 2023 season where you can hold me accountable. You can hold me accountable for my weekly wise picks. I'm going to be doing my weekly wise picks every week for the show, and I'm going to keep track of my record each week from weeks 1 through 18. And even once we get into the playoffs, I'm going to keep track of my predictions, and I'm going to tally everything up at the end of the season and see what my record is as we close the end of the season in February. But let's transition to my NFL Week 1 Wise Picks. Let's run through these games. Let's start off with the Thursday night matchup in Kansas City. The Lions are taking on Patrick Mahomes and the defending Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs are favored by five and a half points. That line was previously six and a half. It's now five and a half with Andy Reid announcing that Travis Kelsey's status is unknown for this matchup. It's an 820 kickoff on NBC. The over-under for this matchup is 54 and a half points. The Lions, they finished the season great last year. They got many people believing that they are going to be competing in the NFC North and in the NFC this year. They got Jared Goff, and they do have a decent offense. They're not elite like most people believe, and I like Dan Campbell. But they ain't winning in Kansas City on opening night. I'm rolling with Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs to beat the Lions at Arrowhead. I'll go Chiefs 27, Lions 20. Let's go to Sunday's games. Texans and C.J. Strout traveling to Baltimore to take on Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens are favored by 10 points. It's a 1 o'clock kickoff. The over-under for this game is 43.5 points. This is one of the matchups of the weekend that I feel like is going to be lopsided. The Ravens are going to blow out the Texans. Lamar Jackson will outperform C.J. Strout. I'll go Ravens 37, Texans 17. NFC South battle in Atlanta. Bryce Young and the Carolina Panthers are traveling to Atlanta to take on Desmond Ritter and the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons are favored by three and a half points. It's a one o'clock kickoff in Atlanta. The over-under for this game is 39 and a half points. I feel like this is going to be an upset. This is my upset pick of the week. I believe that Bryce Young will outperform Desmond Ritter. And I'm rolling with the Panthers to upset the Falcons in Atlanta on Sunday afternoon. I'll go Bryce Young 24, Desmond Ritter 21. I think it's going to be a close matchup between two young quarterbacks. But I'm going to roll with Bryce Young to get the job done over Desmond Ritter. NFC South 
matchup between two teams who some people believe the Falcons are going to be a playoff team. I don't believe that. But I got Panthers 24, Falcons 21. This is my upset pick of the week. 49ers are favored by two and a half points. They are in Pittsburgh taking on Kenny Pickett and the Steelers. It's a one o'clock kickoff in Pittsburgh. The over-under for this game is 40 and a half. The 49ers are a better football team than the Steelers are. Brock Purdy is more proven than Kenny Pickett is. So I believe the 49ers take care of business in Pittsburgh. I'm going 49ers 31, Steelers 24. The Arizona Cardinals are in Washington to take on the Washington Commanders. The Commanders are favored by seven points. It's a one o'clock kickoff. The over-under for this game is 38 and a half points. The Commanders are a better football team than the Cardinals are. The Cardinals are tanking for Caleb Williams. They don't want to win games. They're not trying to win games this season. I got Commanders 28, Cardinals 17. The Buccaneers are in Minnesota taking on Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. The Vikings are favored by six and a half points. It's a one o'clock kickoff. The over-under for this game is 45 and a half points. So my cousin, he's been calling me all week talking about this game, and he feels like the Vikings are going to run away with this game. I don't think that's going to be the case. Again, the losses of Adam Thielen and Dalvin Cook is going to have an impact on this Vikings offense. They still got Justin Jefferson, though, and they still got Kirk Cousins flicking that football. I expect the Vikings to take care of business, but I do think this game is going to be much closer than people anticipate. I'll go Vikings 23, Bucks 20. The Jacksonville Jaguars are in Indianapolis taking on Anthony Richardson and the Colts. It's a 1 o'clock kickoff. The, the Jaguars are favored by five points. The over-under for this game is 45 and a half points. I believe Trevor Lawrence is going to have a breakout season. It's going to have to start in Indianapolis in week one. Therefore, I'm taking the Jaguars to beat the Colts. I'll go Jags 28, Colts 13. The Tennessee Titans are traveling to New Orleans to take on Derek Carr and the New Orleans Saints. The Saints are favored by three points. It's a one o'clock kickoff in New Orleans. The over-under for this game is 41 and a half points. I believe that this is a matchup that, that can go either way. It wouldn't shock me if the Titans beat the Saints in New Orleans, but I believe that Derek Carr has a lot to prove. I believe that that Saints defense is elite. I think they're going to cause some trouble for Ryan Tannehill and that Titans offense. I like D-Hop with the Titans, and I still love Derek Henry as one of the best running backs in the NFL, but they ain't going to have enough for the Saints. I think the Saints being at home, I expect the Saints to take care of business against the Titans. I'll go Saints 27, Titans 23. So I don't have it being a blowout, but I do have the Saints outlasting the Titans. The Raiders are in Denver. The Broncos are favored by four points. Jimmy Garoppolo versus Russell Wilson. It's a 425 kickoff. The over-under for this game is 44 and a half points. 
Jimmy G and Russell Wilson have a lot of history dating back to their days when they played against each other when Russ was with the Seahawks and Jimmy G was on the 49ers. This game could go either way, but I'm going to roll with Sean Payton and Russell Wilson to get off to a hot start and take care of business against the Raiders. I'm rolling with the Broncos to beat the Raiders. I'll go Broncos 24, Raiders 21. I think it's going to be close. The L.A. Rams are in Seattle taking on Geno Smith and the Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks are favored by five and a half points. It's a 425 kickoff. The over-under for this game is 46 and a half points. I don't have high expectations for the Rams this year. I did say on the last show that if Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, and Aaron Donald are all healthy, the Rams should win eight games. They ain't going to win this week, though. I think the Seattle Seahawks are going to take care of business at home. I'm rolling with the Seahawks to beat the Rams. I'll go Seahawks 31, Rams 17. The Philadelphia Eagles, the reigning, defending NFC champion Eagles, that is. They are in New England taking on Mac Jones and the New England Patriots. The Eagles are favored by three and a half points. It's a 425 p.m. kickoff in Foxborough. The over-under for this game. It's 45 and a half points. I'm rolling with the Eagles to beat the Patriots. I have the Patriots finishing last in the AFC East. I got the Eagles finishing first in the NFC East. The Eagles are a more complete football team than the Patriots are, and Jalen Hurts is playing better currently in the NFL than Mac Jones is. So I'm rolling with the Eagles to beat the Patriots. I'll go Eagles 35, Patriots 21. Yes, I got a high scoring. The Dallas Cowboys are in New York taking on Daniel Jones and the New York Giants. The Cowboys are favored by three and a half points. It's an 8.20 p.m. kickoff. The over-under for this game is 46 and a half points. So this is an NFC East battle, early season NFC East battle. So I think the Cowboys are a better football team than the Giants are. Dak Prescott obviously is better than Daniel Jones. So I'm going to roll with the Cowboys to beat the Giants in New York. I'll go Cowboys 27, Giants 17. The Monday night football matchup, an AFC East battle. Josh Allen versus Aaron Rodgers. The Bills are favored by two and a half points. It's an 8-15 kickoff in New York. The over-under for this game is 46 and a half points. I don't have the Bills making the playoffs. I have the Jets making the playoffs over the Bills. But I do have the Bills beating the Jets in week one in New York. So I have the Bills 31, Jets 28 in this matchup in week one in the Meadowlands. So it's going to be a great game. If you're a betting man or woman out there, Go and take the over on this game. Take the over. This game will be high scoring for sure. Aaron Rodgers and Josh Allen are both going to be flinging that football. I got Bills 31, Jets 28. I think it's going to be close, but I'm going to roll with the Bills to outlast the Jets. The Cincinnati Bengals are in Cleveland taking on Deshaun Watson and the Cleveland Browns. The Bengals are favored by two and a half points. It's a one o'clock kickoff. The over-under for this game is 47 and a half. And I I was looking at something the other day. 
I think Joe Burrow is like one in four in his career against the Browns. But I expect him to get his second win of his career against the Browns this week. I do have high expectations for the Browns, but I think they're going to come up short in this matchup. I'm rolling with the Bengals to beat the Browns in Cleveland. I'll go Bengals 31, Browns 24. Moving on to the NFC North, Jordan Love in his second career start is taking on Justin Fields in Chicago. The Bears are favored by one point in this game. So 1 o'clock kickoff, the over-under for this game is 43-and-a-half. The Packers have owned the Bears in the Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers era. I don't expect much to change in the Jordan Love era. I'm rolling with Jordan Love and the Packers to beat Justin Fields and the Bears. I'll go Jordan Love, 28, Justin Fields, 24. Those are my NFL Week 1 wise picks. So... That's what I got. Hold me accountable to it. I'll come on next week's show and give my record for week one. I'll come on here and I'll talk about my record for week one and how I did with my predictions. But it's some it's some great games I'm looking forward to this weekend. It really, really is. Packers at Bears. So we get Justin Fields versus Jordan Love. I love that week one matchup. And then in Cleveland. Deshaun Watson versus Joe Burrow. Can't wait for that matchup. And then in New York on Monday Night Football, Aaron Rodgers' first start for the New York Jets. Josh Allen comes to town. Josh Allen versus Aaron Rodgers. It's going to be epic. It's going to be epic. And the, the night before, NFC East battle, Cowboys, Giants. I love it. I'm here for it. I really am. And then in, in, even though it's kind of underrated, no one's talking about it, that Bryce Young versus Desmond Ritter matchup with the Panthers and the Falcons, it's, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be exciting in Atlanta. So it's some nice quarterback matchups, specifically in week one. Jimmy G versus Russell Wilson. Excited for that. Jalen Hurts versus Bill Belichick in the 4 o'clock window games as well. Geno Smith trying to bounce back and have a, 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 another good season. He had a pretty good season last year. We're trying to bounce back again. Buccaneers and Vikings. I keep telling everybody. The Vikings are not going to blow out the Buccaneers. I got I got it, Vikings 23, Bucks 20. But it wouldn't shock me if the Bucks upset the Vikings. It wouldn't. It would it wouldn't not shock me one bit. Titans at Saints is a matchup that I'm excited to see. Ryan Tannehill versus Derek Carr. Derek Henry versus that Saints elite defense. That's going to be exciting to watch as well. I did pick the Saints to win that game, but that's a game that's a toss-up. That's a toss-up game. That game could go either way. So it's going to be some interesting matchups for NFL Week 1. Definitely excited for the NFL season. And before we get out of here, let me go over my playoff teams real quick. In the AFC, I got the Chiefs, Jaguars, Ravens, Dolphins, all division winners. My playoff teams that are wildcard teams in the AFC, I got the Bengals, I got the Browns and the Jets. Yes, I have three teams making the playoffs from the AFC North. Bengals, Ravens, Browns. But I got the Ravens winning the AFC North, and the Bengals and Browns are my wild card teams along with the Jets. So Chiefs win the AFC West. 
Ravens win the AFC North. Jaguars win the AFC South. And the Dolphins win the AFC East. Wildcard teams. Bengals. Browns. Jets. Let's switch to the NFC. I have the 49ers winning the NFC West. I have the Saints winning the NFC South. I have the Eagles winning the NFC East. I have the Packers winning the NFC North. And my wild card teams in the NFC, Seahawks, Cowboys, Lions. So I'm going to repeat it one more time for everybody out there. 49ers, Saints, Eagles, Packers, wild card teams, Lions, Seahawks, and the Cowboys. Those are my 2023 predictions for teams who are going to make the playoffs in the AFC and in the NFC. Everybody, go and follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. And be sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram at These Guys Know Sports. Enjoy NFL Week One. I'm Trey Larkin signing off the Worldwide Sports Network. Have a great week, everybody. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.